You're listening to Systems Thinking for Kids, the podcast for teachers and others who want to help kids learn through understanding systems, because everything is connected. On Systems Thinking for Kids, you'll hear conversations about how to illuminate connections for kids in the classroom, the community, and everywhere in the world. Systems Thinking for Kids is a project of the Wildwood Outreach Center at Wildwood School in Los Angeles. This is Systems Thinking for Kids. Your host is Jody Becker. My guest is Dr. LaTanya Manuel, a nationally board-certified fifth-grade teacher at Mid-Cities Prescott School in Los Angeles, a Los Angeles USD school. LaTanya has 30 years of experience in the classroom, so when systems came along, she wasn't sure she needed to add another approach to her teaching toolkit, but she tried it and became a super fan of systems thinking in the classroom. On this episode, we'll talk about how she uses systems to unlock student learning and creativity. LaTanya, thank you for joining me. You're welcome, Jody. How are you today? I'm great, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today because I know that you found literature an ideal way to introduce systems thinking to students, and you have a book that you love, and let's start there, talking about that book. Well, the book is One Crazy Summer, and it's by Rita Williams-Garcia. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the book without being a spoiler. It's a historical fiction book. It's set in the time of civil unrest and protest in 1968 in Oakland, California. During the summer, it's all about three sisters, the Gather sisters, who leaves Brooklyn, New York, to go and re-meet their mother. After many years, they travel for the first time by plane from coast to coast to be reintroduced to their mother in this book. So it's, it's quite an adventure that these young ladies have over the summer in 1968. We had received a shipment of books from this program in LAUSD called the AMP program, which is Academic English Mastery Program, and it helps standard English learners, supports their vocabulary and learning. And I was flipping through the book, and I was like, oh, I need a book to start a read-aloud for the students when they return from summer vacation. Oh, this looks like a great read, One Crazy Summer. And I'm sure some kids have some stories. The first thing teachers always ask, oh, what did you do over the summer? Write a paper about it. So I wanted to take a different approach. And not knowing when I selected this book, what a gem it was. And it brought out so much information for me to share and to see my students develop as systems thinkers and to really deepen their approach with depth and complexity. And you have used this book to introduce students to systems thinking. How exactly does that unfold? Well, that was the gateway, talking about family, systems, sisters, sisterhood, friendships, transportation. But then we got into conversations that were talking about microaggression, the intentional and unintentional, racism, The fact that women were doing a lot of work during this time, it was generally ignored in the media. So we had those deep conversations about how communities developed, 
because in 1968 in Oakland, you know, that was during the Black Panther movement. And this is also mentioned in this particular book. And what was fascinating about it was these sisters went to the breakfast program at the People's Center. And while they were there, they found out a lot of information, how the Black Panthers were helping in the community and things that normally you wouldn't know about the Black Panthers just listening to regular media. So this gave the girls an opportunity to actually really see and understand and know things for themselves. And is that because their own family system was linked to that system of activism? Not at all. They were, in a sense, kind of abandoned by their mother, who left them when they were young. So when they came out to Oakland, they had a chance to see how she lives. And she was a writer, a poet, and she helped print their newspaper for the Black Panther in the story. So, you know, activism was something that came about. And it's really interesting how this part came about, because in the classroom, I talked to the students about, you know, can children change the world? And it became a deep instructional pathway to really getting students to think, can they really make a difference? And what can they do to make that difference? And through systems thinking, they can follow that approach and come up with ways they can make a change. Let's just follow up on that and talk about which systems you heard your students saying they felt that they could impact. For one, the voting system. They know that they are not old enough to vote. They're fifth graders. But they do understand that they have power and influence over their parents and their relatives, and they can share the things that they are learning about their community and finding ways they recognize if there's homelessness in their community, if there's violence in their community, police brutality. They understand that their parents are their voice for now, but soon that they will even, you know, have that opportunity to vote and change things. So they're learning at an early age of how to be activists by, you know, sharing their learning and getting people to listen to them. So it sounds like this book, which your students probably approached thinking, as you said, it's like a read aloud, it's literature, sort of started taking them down some pathways where they were making connections that maybe they didn't expect, but changed the way your classroom was working. And I know that you've also taught other teachers in workshops about systems thinking and that you are a believer in something called the DSRP method developed by Derek Cabrera and Laura Cabrera at Cornell University. Can we unpack that a little bit? Sure. You talk about being unexpected for the students. How about being unexpected for me as well? This has been a journey where we've been learning so much together inside the classroom, virtually, and outside the classroom as I get to share my information with others. Now, the DSRP method is, they describe it, the authors, as four simple skills to transform your classroom. I think it's so much deeper than that. It really looks at distinctions, 
And one activity I've done in the classroom for distinctions is to really get students to think about just simple truths, being able to identify. So we did an activity called What is a Mother and What is Not a Mother? So we created a T-chart and we started listing all of these things, you know, what a mother is. She's loving. She's caring. She gives me food. You know, she takes care of me when I'm sick. And then I was like, OK, let's look from a different lens. What is not a mother? And so they was like, you know, it's not a truck. It's not a plane, not a train. You know, then someone says not a bird. And I was like, you know, hold up not a bird. Let's let's talk about that one. You know, then I say, are there baby birds? So they must have a mother somewhere, you know, so really, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they were thinking in terms of human mother and their experience of what a mother is. So just being able to find those clear distinctions of what is and what is not will really deepen students' understanding and thinking of the things they're reading and learning and content in the classroom. The S is for systems. And one of my students, she describes systems as making those critical connections, adaptations, looking at relationships and how things ultimately fit together. And I thought that was brilliant for her to share that information of her knowledge of systems. And so I really like this book because it gives you some guiding questions for each model for the distinction. It has questions to kind of guide you what to do for the students. And with systems, we just broke down, you know, a family system. It is part of what? You know, what are the parts that create and make up a family? You know, what are the parts that make up a community? You know, what are the parts that make up a nation? The biosphere, the ecosystem. So we can go on and on with those. One of my favorite ones was the R. The R is talking about relationships. And this book is all about how these sisters not only build a relationship with their mother, but with each other. And over a summer, just one month, how dramatically they begin to change. And the P represents perspective. I think out of all of them, the DSRP method, perspective is my favorite. And my book club is where I was introduced to this book, Thinking at Every Desk. And we had that discussion, you know, well, what is perspective? You know, everyone's the point of view or is it, you know, your viewpoint, which is it? So we had a great, great conversation around that. And to hear students think from a character's point of view, we did a poetry slam and the poetry slam for perspective really allowed my students to shine and allow me to assess their deeper level thinking and how they were handling complex text and materials when they wrote I am poems, you know, I am Cecile, who's the mother, or I am Delphine, who's the eldest daughter in the story, or I am the Black Panther movement, and what that meant to them and what things they embodied that these characters might say 
And it was really interesting to me how during their parent conference, these were some of the pieces that they showcased to their parents, their perspective work. So that's how I've been using the DSRP in the classroom to really deepen and develop my students as systems thinkers. As you were talking through the DSRP, I was thinking that for students at that age where you are fifth grade, perspective does seem like such a profound place for them to do some critical thinking. And then to hear you say that that was your favorite. I love that. I'm wondering if you can back up a tiny bit and explain for people who are listening, you made a distinction between point of view and viewpoint. That's still up for discussion. (laughs) For instance, I can hold up a pencil to the students and ask, you know, what do you notice? At first glance, a pencil. But then when you really start looking and helping them make those connections, what else? What do you notice? Look closer. Oh, it's yellow. You know, oh, okay, yeah. What else? Oh, it's made of wood. Then they start thinking deeper. What kind of wood? You know, where does wood come from? And then they're making those critical connections the same way with colors. You know, I may have on a red shirt one day and they may say, oh, that's red. Oh, I say it's crimson or another kid may say it's burgundy. So it's all about how we see things and learning to respect those differences. You know, we may not see all the things the same way, but does it mean it's wrong? No. But can we respectfully agree and disagree with each other? Sure. So learning and teaching them how that even our differences make, they make us unique. They make us special. So I'm curious, what attracted you to systems or how did you decide systems was worth investigating? Well, it happened one day, the principal came at the time and say, oh, we have this grant and we have two young ladies coming in to coach you. And I'm like, coach me. <laughs> you know, I, I just kind of laughed it off and I was like, okay, you know, I'll give it a try. And what happened to me, it transformed me as a learner, as a teacher, as an inspirationalist. I like to say that my job is to inspire children to go ahead and embrace their learning for the simple fact that they showed me a new technique, a new way of actually including the students. Curriculums are so top heavy down for teachers that we don't get a chance as much to teach the things we truly love. And that's why I like letting literature lead the way, because with the literature, It allows me to show my students themselves in the literature, mirror some of their personal experiences through storytelling. And it's it's amazing. And we have mentors, Barbara and Judy, and they come to our classrooms and they support us in many ways. They model lessons for us. They meet with us. They help plan with us. And during this time, it was something that I was like, okay, it's time for me to, you know, try something new, give it a try. And I found that I was becoming a better teacher through these methods. 
I was watching my students become better learners. And I call them scholars. My scholars are thriving with the information and the connections that they're making that even when I'm not teaching and they're doing something over the weekend, they'll come back in and report those things, which is, you know, highly unlikely in most cases, but they love sharing the information and how they're making connections in and outside of the classroom. So let me ask you, what transformed you from being a skeptic to being a believer? Was there a certain lesson or something that you tried in class? A few things, many things (laughs) that I tried out. But I think one that really inspired me was we were reading One Crazy Summer. And in the book One Crazy Summer, the sisters take a trip to San Francisco. So we were talking about San Francisco in the classroom. Has anyone ever been to San Francisco? What do you know about San Francisco? So let's have that talk about San Francisco. And then the discussion of Colin Kaepernick came up and him kneeling during a football game. And so from there, it just stemmed into something massive. You know, do you think he was wrong? What are your feelings about that? Do you think he should be banned? Do you think he should get his job back? So we took it upon ourselves and we wrote a letter to Nike sharing what we're learning about systems thinking and how one of their campaign was to just do it was narrated by Colin Kaepernick and how students were inspired in this campaign it had all athletes across the board, you know, the greats in there female and male athletes talking about making a change, you know, being their best their best selves. And the students really loved that video and we watched it over and over again. And each time they took away more and more and their goal was to teach the campus. So their social action project became to teach children how to think and to be their best selves. So they went around to room to room with the presentation for the entire uh, school community. And it was wonderful just from watching a video. So you were converted with that, too, because you saw and what I when I'm listening to you, what I'm hearing is relevance. There was so much relevance for the students and their ability to connect to systems that are very real to them today. Absolutely. Also, with this particular book, There were so many commonalities to what was still happening in the world. And we compared 1968 to the present. And as we began to chart all the things that were happening in 1968, the assassination of Dr. King, the assassination of Bobby Hutton by Oakland Police Department, all of these different social justice and injustice Things were happening at the same time. And then present day, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, the students began to compare. And as we watched and talked about the system's principle change over time, students noticed that things haven't changed that much. But I wanted them to kind of see it for themselves. And that change is slow. But what can we do when change is slow? You know, can children make a difference? Can children change the world? That's how that conversation came about. 
you know, and they were thinking the more things change, the more they stay the same. So what can we do? And they know that together, that if we all work together as a community, as a family, that we can accomplish a lot, a lot more together than we can separately. It's amazing to hear you talking about ways that students begin to see themselves as part of a system, not just observing systems, and a nice way to land this conversation. Thank you so much. My guest has been Dr. LaTanya Manuel. She's a nationally board-certified fifth-grade teacher at Mid-Cities Prescott School in Los Angeles, an LAUSD school. LaTanya, thank you so much. I hope you'll come back. Thank you, Jody. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Systems Thinking for Kids. For more ideas and information, find us online at systemsthinkingschools.org. And check out our stories on Instagram at systemsthinkingschools. Thank you for listening.